Thank you for tuning in to Leadership Uncensored with Ed Young. For more leadership handles, follow Ed on social media and check out edyoung.com. Today we'll hear from Ed on the table. Tables are staples in our homes, restaurants, schools, and office buildings, but a table is much more than a common piece of furniture. It is a reflection of the only thing Jesus ever built, the local church. In this series of podcasts, Ed Young unpacks the power of the table in our own lives and shows us what roles we play in serving and dining on the greatest meal in the world, the bread of life. We also want to invite you to join us every weekend at Fellowship Church. Visit one of our many locations or even join us online. For locations and experience times, visit fellowshipchurch.com. And now it's time for the raw and the real. This is Leadership Uncensored. It all, it all started, this whole metaphor started when Lisa and I went to Canton, Texas, and we walked around the largest flea market in the world, they say. I don't know if it is, but they tout it as being the largest flea market in the world. And we were in the food court area, which basically was a place in the shade. We ordered some chicken sandwiches from a chicken sandwich restaurant. And as we were eating the sandwiches on this picnic table in the shade, a girl who worked at the chicken sandwich restaurant tried to serve us samples of the sandwiches we were eating. It was weird. It was so ironic, so paradoxical. She was serving those of us who were feeding our faces with what she was serving. And Lisa looked and she goes, Ed, is that, is that amazing? Is that hilarious? All this girl has to do is she has to walk maybe 20 feet from the shade into the sun, and believe me, it was hot. It was August, triple degree heat, as I love to say. She could have served the samples of these chicken sandwiches to masses, hungry hunks of humanity filing by. But she didn't, she just stayed in the shade and fed the picnic people. So as we were talking about this and laughing about this, Lisa said, Wow, that's a lot like the church. So many churches are just concerned about feeding the picnic people. They, they say they wanna go out and feed the hungry. They say they wanna get out there amongst the people, but in reality, they end up feeding the already fed. So after she said that, I just started thinking about the picnic table and I started looking around and seeing how people were sitting at tables eating. And, and I thought to myself, and now I know it was a God idea, wow, that's the church. The church is like a table. And if you think about table, the table is mentioned in, in so many different areas throughout the Old and New Testament. You know, a famous scripture, David said, we can make a table, God will make a table in the presence of, of our enemies, the table. You think over in the New Testament, Jesus reclining at the table. And then in the book of Revelation, we will dine at the table. So the Bible talks about this meeting place, this, 
this gathering place, this place of connection, this place of community, this place of conversation. I know when, when I grew up, we, we purchased a kitchen table and we had so many wonderful moments around that table. In fact, I still have the table. We, I guess, learned, I was thinking about this this morning, manners around the table, we talked sports around the table. We played some, some very highly competitive games of paper football around the table. We ate good food around the table. We even learned theology around the table. We had guests around the table. So it's not a stretch at all to say the church is a table. And a table is where we come, it's a, it's a staple, right, of who we are. They're in our homes. They're, they're in restaurants. It, it's a staple of who we are. It's a staple of, of food. So the church is a table where people come to get fed. You might want to jot that down. Church is a table where people come to get fed. We have an opportunity to, to work in the church. It, it's not something we have to do, it's something that we get to do. It's a, it's a, it's a calling, it's, it's an amazing place when you, when you think about it, the church is a table. And then there are other metaphors too, like the door is mentioned throughout the Bible as well, and to, to get into usually an establishment, you have to walk through a door to get into uh, a house or a restaurant for the table, but I'm probably carrying the metaphor too far, but <laughs> suffice to say, we get to work here, and when I thought about this whole metaphor of the church being a table, of course, this, this chair would be the pastor, it would be, you know, a, this is a microcosm, it should be, of the church, a microcosm of your life and mine, but the, this, this, this person at the head table is going to be, you know, the dude with the food. We're, we're serving the bread of life. So in, in John 6, 35, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And then the text continues, whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never go thirsty. This the word believes means to totally take it on, to, to allow the bread of life, Jesus, to penetrate our lives, that's what it means. It, it, it means that, that we're nourished by the bread of life. So often, people come to church and they go, oh yeah, there's the bread of life. I believe the bread of life. Intellectually, I believe it, and, and yeah, there it is, and I smell its aroma, and oh yeah, that's, you know, that's, some, that's some good bread, but it, it doesn't become a reality until you actually eat the bread. You have to to take the bread and it has to penetrate someone's life. That's that moment of salvation, that moment. We have a lot of people who come to Fellowship Church at all of our campuses who are in this first chair, chair one. That's the chair of people who don't know the Lord. That's the pre-Christian chair. That would be represented by someone who doesn't have a lot of biblical knowledge, very little Bible 
knowledge. They've, they've not stepped over the line. And quite frankly, a lot of them don't even know why they even show up to church. Well, I'll tell you why. I just told you why in John chapter 6, verse 35. The aroma of the bread strangely draws them to church. They don't know it. They don't articulate it. They can't break it down. They can't explain it. But that's why they show up. It's the, it's the aroma. Now, those of us here who are believers, we have eaten the bread. And you've heard the old saying, sharing Jesus with someone is one beggar telling another beggar where the bread is, where, where, where the bread of life is. In this first year, in your life, this first year in my life, because I should have people in my life this way, our church should be this way. In fact, one third of our church should be in chair one. In chair one. In chair one will be those people who are not followers of Christ. They're pre-Christians, they haven't stepped over the line. In this area, in this culture, we have a lot of people who talk a good Christian game and maybe they have a little bit of church knowledge, but most of them aren't followers of Christ. And I used to bemoan the fact that, and I still sometimes do if I get negative, I used to bemoan the fact that, that I even helped start a church in Dallas-Fort Worth, as you've heard me say before. I did not want to come to Dallas-Fort Worth. I love Dallas-Fort Worth, but did not want to come up here because so many churches, so many, you know, Bible Belt people, Bible thumpers, charismatics, Baptists, Calvinists, whatever you want to say, I wanted to go somewhere else. I wanted to go to South Florida. I wanted to go to Canada. I wanted to go to Southern California. But never say never. I love Dallas-Fort Worth. And I would argue today, Dallas-Fort Worth is not as belt buckle-ish as it used to be. I'm talking about the belt buckle of the Bible, belt. Because people used to say, oh, Dallas-Fort Worth, that's the belt buckle of the Bible belt. That's hard to say. And it is on one hand, but I'll tell you why I think it's changed. A couple of weekends ago, and I normally don't do this, I worked out before church. Sunday morning, got up early. I mean, not that early, but, you know, got up maybe at 7.30, started running at 8, finished up at about 9 o'clock, six-minute miles. As I was running through my neighborhood, and then I crossed this kind of a, a busy street to this other neighborhood, no one was, no one was hustling, no one was bustling, a couple of people walking their dogs, a couple of crazy people like me running. I mean, no one was out. It was like the apocalypse had taken place or something. It was like, it was like, it was like the second coming had taken place. And you think, okay, well, maybe uh, as, it, as it gets near the 10 o'clock hour, you'll see people move around. Got home at nine, took a shower, cleaned up, left at like 9.45 to get here at our first Sunday service at, at, at 10. I just kind of purposely went around where, I, where I'd run, saying, so I gotta go, wow. We're kind of like a churched, unchurched area. And really more and more, we're unchurched. So, so 
Back in the day, maybe when we started fellowship, it was a church place, but now not so much. Chair one, though, is the chair of people who don't know the Lord. And everyone wants to reach people until you start reaching people. That's a massive, massive leadership and church growth principle. I'll say it again. Everybody wants to reach people until you start reaching people. Because when you start reaching people, you have to change. You have to tweak things. You have to make some hard decisions. You have to change pretty much everything you do. And once that happens, and once people realize they have to think about others, man, they don't really like it. So they end up going to churches that say they wanna reach people, and they reach some, but that's not really what they concentrate on. This is not the only chair that we concentrate on. Don't ever think it's just, oh, it's just about chair one. No, you would be totally incorrect. But it is the first chair. And when you put this chair at the forefront, when you name it the first chair, all hell will break loose in your life, in the church, and in the surrounding areas. Because we're rattling hell when we make this decision. On the other hand, all heaven will break loose as well. So chair one is gonna be that person who does not know the Lord. Chair one is gonna be that person who walked up to me in one of our lobbies a few months ago and said this, and I quote, Ed, that was a hell of a service. <laughs> Took me back a little bit, then I thought, you know what? You said it right. And then I thought to myself, and you're going there. <laughs> but not for long though, because you're gonna make a decision. It's gonna be a chair decision. And here's what's so unique about this chair. This person was sitting on the chair, on the throne of his life, and when you receive the grace of God, what do you do? You give your life to Christ. Jesus sits on the chair. So we have to be chair aware. Chair aware. One of our favorite restaurants in Dallas, in fact, we ate there last night. We didn't plan on it, it just sort of happened. It's a Mexican restaurant. I just like the whole vibe of it, Javier's. Here's, here's, here's one knock against Javier's. The chairs are highly uncomfortable. They really are. And I've thought about that. Lisa and I have commented about it. It's our, it was my favorite restaurant. I'm not sure it's Lisa's, but it's mine. The chairs are uncomfortable. Probably they're uncomfortable because it's, they don't want you to hang out there hour after hour after hour, of course. It's like the airports and things. The chairs are uncomfortable for a reason. They want to get you off of your butt after you've eaten and bolt. 
that, that, you know, that's what they want. They don't want you to be too comfortable. So I don't want any chair at Fellowship Church to be too comfortable. That's why you've heard me say so often, we're comforted by Christ. We should be uncomfortable for him. Yet in this chair, we have got to have a comfortable experience for people when they walk through the doors of Fellowship Church. So the table is a place, it's the church, where people come to get fed. I'm the dude with the food. I'm serving the bread of life. The aroma draws people. People get nourished here. That's what it means when you receive it, that's what it means to become a Christian. What do you have to do to, to think about chair one? Well, you have, to totally, you have to totally reboot and reset everything you've thought through before or everything you've done in the church. It's easy to do this thing for the already convinced. It's easy to have this sort of vocabulary, uh, you know, this, this, this sort of order that we know and just kind of ride with it, and when you do that, you're going to reach some people in chair one. I'm not saying that people or churches that aren't, that aren't chair aware don't reach people. You're gonna, I mean, you're gonna reach some people, but they're not going to reach people. Does that, does that connect with you? So, you know, one of the challenges of this whole worship movement is I mean, I'm down with the worship movement. I think it's great. I'm not talking about the worship movement here, but in other places. I think it's great. People dress cool. They look cool. They talk cool. But in most of the churches of these worship groups, it's churchy church. They dress in the you know, latest fashion, wear the cool shoes, boots, and have the latest, you know, ink on their bodies and piercings. Oh man, that's cool. So on one hand, man, that's, yeah. But what they're talking about, what they're preaching about, and many times even how they do their whole service is like at 40,000 feet. I find that, I find that puzzling. Because I believe you can do both. I think, and in fact, I don't think, I know if you think it through, everything you do, for the most part, can connect in some way, shape, form, or fashion with chair one. But chair one is the one that will mess you up. It would be easy for me, for all of us, to go, you know what, forget chair one, we're just chair two and three, or pretty much we're three. And again, people say, everybody is going to say, they, oh man, I'm about reaching people. Yeah, I, that, I am about evangelism. Yes, I want to reach the world. Great. Talk is cheap and is real cheap in the church. Because once you say we are serious about chair one, all hell will break loose with chair three people, and even some chair two people, but really in chair three people. 
because share three people are the ones that pay for everything. They're the ones that are committed. They're the ones on the boards and the committees. So that's, that's the cruel game. I think a lot of church planters and pastors, they, man, they want to, they want to do this, but it causes too much chaos. Too many people have to leave and you have to run too many people off who you know, try to control you in the church through money or through other forms of manipulation. That's why most churches end up just being a church that's a holy huddle church. And we have some massive, massive holy huddle churches in America. Massive, massive. So in your life and in my life, do you have any chair one people? I mean, do you have anybody that you're engaged with, that you're praying for, that you're connecting, that you're dealing with? Thank you for listening to Leadership Uncensored. For more from Ed Young, visit edyoung.com and follow him on social media. If you're looking for a church, we hope to see you at Fellowship Church this weekend. Whether you live in the area of one of our locations or join us online, simply visit fellowshipchurch.com for locations and experience times. This was Leadership Uncensored.